Hello, and welcome to the Situation Awareness and Your Safety Podcast. My name is Brian Searcy, and I am the founder and the president of the Protest Group, and also your host for this podcast. So I can't tell you how excited I am to have a good friend of mine on this morning. His name is Tim Clund. He goes by TK. Tim, like myself, as a U.S. Air Force veteran, he is well known as an expert on corporate and sports marketing. And even more recently than that, and, and what he's focused on now is as the CEO and the founder of Verve Systems. TK, welcome to the podcast this morning. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Hey, you bet. So uh, those of uh, that have listened to this podcast know that I do the best I can to not be the one talking, and I allow you to, to be the, the true guest and center of attention. So tell us, a, and some people don't like this, but I know that this isn't going to be a problem with you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to founding Verve. Uh, just a long journey. Um, a lot of great opportunities just kind of popped up at the right time. And yeah, we just decided to get into the performance and uh, wellness industry and started off with CBD and with the Bird Forever and um, product line. And then the apparel line came right shortly after, probably about a year later. And then we have some more products coming out in 2021. Obviously, COVID held us up a little bit on the manufacturing side. So yeah, just got to enjoy 2020. And good news is Verb United came out of it. And we were able to do some fun, fun things with uh, Craig Sawman Sawyer and some other different veteran and celebrity friends and helping to bring awareness to some of the um, foundations that they have and what they're doing. Well, and I believe what we had a great conversation about was, and one of the other main reasons you started Verve and CBD is because you had an opportunity to help out kids in your sphere and in the schools that your kids went to that had some issues because of medications they were, were put on. Expand on that a little bit. Well, actually, yeah, it goes back a little bit. So another veteran friend of mine, probably three or four years ago, who is part of a CBD company would send me CBD and ask me to get it out to the veterans here in Dallas, Fort Worth and told me to start taking it. And uh, I'm overly blessed. I've never been in a combat situation and have never been on medications. But what I was educated on is how over-medicated our veterans are, and especially through the VA. And speaking to some what people will call celebrity veterans, I won't drop their names, but definitely guys and girls people would recognize and talking with them and asking them, they were all, it was the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm taking anywhere from eight to 10 pills three times a day, blah, blah, blah. And, it's, and I'm going, my gosh, how do you, don't you realize that all those chemicals in your body is not a good thing? And the more I started researching it, it wasn't just veterans. I had a lot of my pro athletes when they retired, same thing. They quit. They didn't have the team doc no more, a little bit more relaxed after they got done playing in their uh, individual sports. You go see the doctor through the Players Association. First thing doctor is give you pills and it just kind of keep mandating pills on top of on top and on top. So just the overall opioid situation and prescription pills that are taking place in the United States overall, that just really grabbed my attention. And then it kind of took us back to the CBD side when what my veteran friend was saying, hey, look, these are helping our vets get off the pills. And he was one of them that he was on a lot of medication. He went to smoking weed to try to get off the meds. But, you know, like a lot of veterans, professional athletes, they're A personalities. They don't like to be lethargic all day laying around. So he had to find something else besides weed to help get him through. And, and he found CBD. And, and when he was sending it to me and, you know, I was giving it to veterans and, you know, a lot of amputees and just dear friends of mine, they were all loving it and kept calling me going, hey, you got any more of that? Can you get me some more? And then when the Farm Bill was passed in 2019, which legalized hemp and CBD, 
my partner Raj and I, that's when we kind of looked at it and said, hey, you know, there's an opportunity here. We have a lot of really big name friends and celebrity ambassadors that we can help get this out and they can help us get it out. And so that's how the verb forever came around and that's how it took off. And then from there, my wife, who was literally like, oh, my God, you're getting in this marijuana business. Once I educated her on it and took her to the farm so she could understand what was going on. And she was going through at that time premenopause. So, you know, the hot sweats and the toss and turn at night and the leg aches and all the above. She started taking it at night when she, before she'd go to bed and she was sleeping like a baby. And, and then she really got bought in on that. And then our recovery cream for her knee that she had blew out and had some surgeries on and was always aching in pain. You know, she started rubbing the cream on her knee and and again, she was sewed instantly on it. And when we went to the farm, she was so impressed and met the cosmetologist who does our recovery creams that she ended up with our cosmetologist, ended up creating a uh, skincare line called Vitality by Verve, which is all natural with CBD in it. And it's been doing very well. So and then again, we did that waiting in 19 as we we're working on our manufacturer and industrial design on another product we have coming out. We were hoping to come out in 2020 and work with the manufacturer. And as soon as everything was getting ready to get started, COVID hit, manufacturing shut down, everything kind of went to the wayside. And while we were sitting around twiddling our thumbs and expanding the marketing on the Verb Forever CBD line, we kept getting requests, people saying, hey, do you guys do any apparel? Do you do this, do that? And we will have a performance apparel coming out at the end of 2021, 2022. So, you know, it kind of made sense for us and having the facilities and the opportunity, we decided to go ahead and start doing some patriotic apparel, but then we became more cause related in working with different groups that don't have the money to really carry the load in as far as putting up a lot of money to try to sell apparel. So we we help in, in taking that risk and putting a few items together and then the foundation and then ourselves push it out and then they make money off apparel like that. So kind of same thing you guys are doing with Save the Brave, which is awesome your apparel company as well and just helping to give back and, and help those. And like I said, it's just, it's a really good start for us to kind of date the uh, manufacturing and we have the best manufacturing group, I, I believe in the United States, but they're lucky enough to be about six minutes from my house here in Fort Worth. Our uh, required team gear, they do everything for Under Armour, Nike, all the collegiate, you name it. So they're one of the best and uh, the ownership there are the best. So it just made sense for us. It was an easy opportunity to get into. So that's what we did. And we started with this, Save exactly. Our Children. Save Our Children, yep. Set with uh, Craig Sawman Sawyer and VeteransForChildRescue.org. Man, it was going great and doing very well for him. And then on the election night, myself, my partner Raj, our Facebook personal accounts were completely deleted. Our Verve accounts were completely deleted. We actually have now rebooted them. So if you were friends with me and you're no longer <laughs> friends, you'll find me at Tim Clun. Our Instagram Verb United account was actually deleted last Thursday night. And again, we re rebooted it as well. So I don't know what the problem is in selling t-shirts that are literally, again, t-shirts and sweatshirts that say nothing but this on it. Don't have anything on the sleeves, doesn't have anything. It's just, hey, buy this shirt and help raise awareness and money for veteransforchildrescue.org. And we've been booted and deleted for that. And in talking with Saul, man, I think he's on like, four accounts on each each group, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. He's been deleted and canceled so many times and Veterans for Child Rescue, the same thing. And it just makes you wonder what's what's everybody so scared of when it comes to uh, sex trafficking and pedophilia that they would uh, actually delete our accounts when all we're trying to do is bring awareness and actually help different foundations in um, raising the monies they need to continue the uh, mission. 
So it's just interesting. So the good news is I had 5,000 people on my Facebook page. Sawman had over a million on Instagram the first time he got deleted. Uh, I think over 250,000 the second time he got deleted. And so after talking to him, he was just like, hey, uh, they're not going to shut me up. So it was kind of like, okay, Mm -hmm. I didn't lose a million people. So, you know, I'm not going to cry over 5,000. So, okay, let's get back in the fight here. So, yeah, that's what we do. Well, that's why the Paradis Group, it's it's a big topic of ours is to educate and through situation awareness, hopefully give people the ability not to be a victim of human trafficking and pedoph- well, pedophilia you can't do anything about, but then also empower other people to identify what those indicators are so that they can help people. Correct. And that goes into kind of another conversation that you and I had. You know, you talked about because of your time in the Air Force and just the way you were brought up, you've got good situation awareness. And we talked about the process that the Paradis Group teaches, and that's something that you do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But I think that also gave you the ability when one of your sons was put on some medication to be able to identify some changes in behavior and then you were able to do something about it. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So even with the Paradis Group and what you guys are doing to help educate all the way from the school level through parents, through corporations, you name it, it's just absolutely awesome. But yeah, my oldest son was high performing athlete, great in school, zero issues, zero problems with him. And right before his junior, between his sophomore and junior that summer, he had a real bad acne problem coming up. And having acne issues in high school, you know, is challenging, I guess would be the word in your uh, the way you look at yourself. And so my wife is a dermatologist and she had put him on these meds and I didn't think twice about it. She just, yeah, we went to dermatologist. She gave Dylan some medicine for his acne. Yeah. okay, no big deal. We move on. And over that summer, probably within a couple of months, I mean, just his changes in his personality and mood swings and just overly hard on himself on everything, whether seven on seven varsity football he was playing or whatever. He was just not his normal self. And because of not just before that, talking to, uh, again, one of the door kickers that was telling me about his being overmedicated, I asked my wife, like, those meds that you put him on, that's really the only thing that has changed in the last 90 days is no meds and meds. And then here he is. And he's just all over the place emotionally. And it's like, have you checked into what those meds are? Have you looked at side effects? Have you researched it? And she hadn't. And she ended up going and looking. And what she found out is that high school kids that were taking that and even young adults were having mood swings, suicidal thoughts, depression, all the above. You know, my wife was just infuriated at the dermatologist that she would prescribe this to our son, to any kid, knowing that these are the side effects they have. So once we got him off those, yeah, it took about another 30, 45 days to get out of the system, but then he was just right back to normal. So working with the school I've had, you know, work with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, being a Big Brother of the Year in 2004, I had the school call me on a couple of occasions, say, hey, would you be interested in coming and mentoring this kid? Comes from a great family, just nobody can deal with him. Nobody can work with him, having all kinds of issues. And You know, when talking with the parents, first thing I ask is, hey, is this young man taking any meds? And the answer is always yes. And what kind of meds are he's taking? And it just blows me away how many meds that these kids from 10 to 14 years old, parents are giving them. Now, I question, like, at what point do you not question your doctor and just constantly prescribing your kids meds? It's not normal that your kids just all over the place. It's all these chemicals in your body is not a good thing. And one of the I'm talking somebody everybody would know when I asked him the same question, I'm like, dude, how did you get to taking 24 to 30 pills a day? And he was like, hey, I do my job and the doctor does his job. And when he tells me to take this, this is what I take. 
And it's like, at what point do you not realize, though, everybody thought you're bipolar. It's not you're bipolar. You're just all over the place because chem- you're chemically imbalanced is what it was. And that's what's happening with these kids. And I don't know, on Adderall, the military gives our troops Adderall to keep them mentally sharp all the time, which I think is just absolutely destructive. And the more I started looking at this, you know, that's the reason why I think there's the veteran suicide so high. That's the reason why I think child suicide is so high with young adults and teenagers. 20 years ago, you never heard this. You know, I went back and asked my wife, like, which war, you know, not being a veteran, but which war do you think would be the worst? World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm or Afghanistan, Iraq? And her answer was the same as what I would have said, probably World War One, World War Two, because when you got deployed, you got deployed. You didn't. It wasn't nine months. You're coming home. You really lucky if you got a letter out or received a letter. You pretty much marched all over Europe. It was all hand to hand, close range killing, all the above. When those guys came back from war, what they did to drown their emotions was alcohol. Alcohol was very prevalent with World War One, World War Two soldiers. Vietnam, if you remember, that was really when the heroin and marijuana and and that's really when the homeless rate went crazy because most of the homeless people, homelessness was actually started by veterans that came back and didn't feel they could fit in with things they saw and done. And they just pretty much went and checked out of society. And that's when homelessness really came in effect. And you look at today with the suicide rate, but in those other wars, there's never the suicide rate we have today. And so then I go back and go, well, why today? Yes, war is hell, and you see things you don't want to see, but was it worse than what those guys and girls saw back then? Was it worse? And I don't believe it it is, but I do believe that the medications that everybody comes and gets put back on and then drinking alcohol and smoking weed and everything on top of it, too, when you get out, it just adds fuel to the fire. And most of the guys I know, veterans have committed suicide. I mean, even today, it's still hard for me to believe that they're gone because these men and a few women were just top notch individuals. Every time you saw them, they're in a great mood, always giving you a hug, always hanging out, always having fun. And to think that they would take their life is just beyond me. And but then when you start thinking about it and you talk to their spouse or remaining family, yeah, they're way over medicated. So that is, again, the reason why we started CBD and our CBD, we give off 50 percent anyway, 100 percent of the time for veterans, for their families, for law enforcement, first responders. We don't even need a verification check. We do it on the honor system. So we didn't create the CBD company to make a bajillion dollars. We actually created it to say, hey, look, we want to help and we want to get back with the best product out there. And all of our products are literally from the seed at the farm to your doorstep. There's no in-between. Everything happens at the farm from dropping a seed in the ground to processing it, to bottling it, to shipping it to your house. So there's no third-person party intervening or cutting back on what you should be receiving and whatnot on your products. So that's the reason why we got into all that. Again, with children, same thing. Having these kids on Adderall for ADD. I don't know if you ever taken Adderall. I took a half Adderall, was up for about 20 hours and still couldn't <laughs> get to sleep. And that was a half. And I, I really was questioning, like, how can kids be taking Adderall at a young age? Their brain's not shutting down. They're not. It's not turning off. And then also working with a foundation out here called Miracle League of Parker County. It's a national baseball league, but every, it's kind of like Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Everybody has their own groups all over the United States, but it's a baseball league for special needs children. And some of my Down syndrome and autistic children 
in this league, their mom started putting them on the CBD and has seen great things with it and has even helped them get off some of their meds. So especially with our Down syndrome kids, their brain hardly ever turns off at night. They're up all night long, up and down. Mom keeps putting them back in bed. And what she saw with this young man is that he was actually, he was done. He would take it before he went to bed. He was out. He would get a full nice rest. And then what they started seeing is that his vocabulary, instead of one or two word sentences, now he's doing four to five word sentences. So it's a lot of different things. It's all natural. You can drink a whole bottle. Not going to do anything to you, except you're going to urinate pretty much all your profits out uh, the yeah, next right. morning. But beyond that, I mean, it's about as good as natural as you could get. This actually going to help you instead of medication. I'm a huge fan of it. I haven't gotten the verb yet. I've had other people give me some of their stuff. So I'm definitely got to get some of the cream and your stuff. And I need the help sleeping as well. But I'm not going to take any of those medications. But the big thing that I look at is this whole holistic approach. And what the Paradis group contributes is when people learn situation awareness, especially parents, and then we educate them on these types of issues. Uh-huh. Now they know that this is an issue. They're empowered to do something about it. And then they know what their options are, right? Maybe the medication is something the kid has to be on, but they can at least ask intelligent questions. And then they know, again, what alternatives are out there. They can go to Verve, get CBD for their kids, get them off some of these, you know, the Adderall, or if they're taking opioids and all those types of things, get them off all of that. Well, and also with Paradis Group, as, as you and I discussed, times are so much tougher nowadays for kids going through elementary and high school and junior high with social media with all these meds are on because, you know, they just get shut out as a weirdo, as nut job, as don't mess with him, stay away from him or her. And it boils anger in them. And then on top of this, mentally, they're just not as sharp as what they probably should be. They do things they don't do. I mean, same thing with school shootings. It's just all the above. And it's it just is there's really not much that's really good out of it. Honestly, when you look at it, medications are actually supposed to be short term. People forget that medications aren't supposed to be for lifelong. It's supposed to be for short term. And what happens is everybody ends up taking these pills. Once you get on them, you never get off of them. And they don't realize. And, and again, it's just an educational problem. But then again, going back to Protest Group on school situation, school awareness, educating kids about bullying, cyberbullying, bullying in person, not knowing really what the other child might be going through, educating them on situational awareness that if you, know, you see somebody not acting right, bringing something they probably shouldn't be bringing in, what do you do? How do you react? In the Air Force, I was in the Philippines first. There were some terrorist situations going on over there. We weren't allowed off base all the time. When we were allowed off base, we were taught what to look for. When you're driving off base, you always give a car length away from when you stop. You don't pull right up on somebody, so you have an opportunity to get out. All the above. And I was going through that at 18, 19 years old when I was in the Philippines. And it's always stuck with me. I mean, when I come back, my wife already knows. Like, my back's not going to be sitting at the door. I can pretty much tell you every single person in that room when we walk in what they're wearing if they're laughing, if they're not laughing, all the above in just a matter of just a few seconds of just walking in and just taking a look. And also knowing that even if we're in a crowded area or whatnot, knowing kind of, again, to me, who doesn't belong in that crowd and who's somebody you might need to be looking at, you know, and again, even with my wife, we talk about all the time. I mean, you're walking to a Walmart and I see a mom come out. She's on her phone. She's pushing the cart. The kid's about four car lengths behind her dragging along and mom's all here or doing this, or just zero paying attention. And even in stores, you see, there's people that you see, guys, I've seen guys in stores, no carts, just walking around. And that you're like, this person don't belong. 
You're one of the few people that notices that, unfortunately. Well, it's just nobody. And again, people just have to start paying attention to surroundings. So look, evil's, evil's out there. Yes, sir. And if anybody wants to act like it's not, it is. And the problem is, is you can either face the facts now or face them when it could be too late. And I'd rather face the facts now and rather handle everything I need to do on the front end. And so I have a better chance to make it out on the back end. And my wife's the same way. She's very situational awareness. We've always taught our kids that, too. But as I told you, when my oldest was in college, his freshman year in college, he went out with a lot of UT football players. And he's about 165 pounds, maybe. And he's out guzzling with these boys and doing shots and way over his limit on what he should probably be drinking and walked outside the bar and sit down on the bench and passed out. And this is in downtown Austin. And if it wasn't for the work of a great policeman down there in Austin, realizing the situation and actually just taking him in, putting him in the office until he kind of woke up and started sobering up to actually call us. And out of all of it, he got a ticket for public intoxication, which like I told him was an absolute blessing for him because he could have been gone. And that's how kids disappear very quickly, especially in the college scenes. And parents don't even understand that. Sending my kid off to college, we all partied in college. We all drank in college. We all did all this stuff in college. That's part of the college experience. But parents aren't educating their sons and daughters to, hey, you have there's a limit. Like, you can have fun. You can't go crazy out there. And it was a big eye-opener for my son. After that, it woke him up. Obviously, his mother and I both had a conversation with him on it, a very deep direct conversation mm-hmm, on I bet. Yep. and you know we never had any issues now my youngest son he's actually probably more street smart than my oldest son so and then he you know where my oldest son grew up around me work with professional athletes and celebrities my youngest was always like oh it's just so and so so and so you know it's no big deal to him my youngest son his celebrity crushes are all the veterans that he got to grow up around he got to hang around with me you know when you're hanging out with unbelievable door kickers and guys and girls that are just have done amazing things in the military community. And those have always been his heroes. He actually been a little bit grown up faster, I guess, than my oldest. And it's a little bit better situational awareness. Now, him and some of his friends that are female, they were leaving a bar and saw a couple TCU female girls just liquored up outside the bar, stumbling and falling all each other, laughing and just just struggling. And him and the girls, they kind of knew of them, kind of knew where they were. They weren't all besties, but they knew who who they were. And some guy had come up to him, an older guy. Bub told me, probably older than me, and I'm 50, came up to him and was like, hey, you girls okay? Don't worry. I'll take you home. Let's get in my car. I'll, I'll take care of you all. And my youngest, he's probably 20 at the time, just realized, like, this is not a good situation and intervened and told the guy that, hey, we know these girls and I'm with those girls. We know where they live. We'll, we'll take them home. The guy was just not having it and came from, no, I've got them. Very polite. I've got them to, I'm going to call the cops. If you don't get out of here, my son was like, great, call the cops. Then it went from, I'm going to call the cops to, I am a cop. My son was like, great, show me your badge. And at the time, his other friends, they had went and got a police officer. When the police officer started walking that direction, the other guy took off running. And, you know, I told my son, like, you don't realize what could have happened to those two girls. And this is how it happens. And parents are sending their kids off, not thinking twice about it. And it kind of, as I told you, my kids had a good life, but I'm not their bestie. I'm their dad. And I don't play the bestie role. I'm, I don't not going to be your best friend. I'm not going to let you go do things you probably shouldn't be doing because I want you to be cool with your friends and all that. That's not that's not my job. My job is to keep you safe put you in the best situation that when you do leave this house, 
you understand what's going on around you and you can you can make good decisions. And even with all that doesn't always work out. But as parents, you've got to do the best you can in educating your kids and really paying attention to them and tell them, no, it's OK to tell them, no, as you and I also discussed, you know, when my <laughs> kids were in junior high, they're lucky to get a phone in seventh grade. But my oldest waking up to go to football practice six in the morning, struggling, coming home ex- exhausted. My wife was checking our AT&T and realized that he's texting all night till one or two in the morning. And so she was smart enough to go, OK, at nine o'clock, I'm turning your phone off and it's not going to come back on until the next morning, till 6 a.m. the next morning. Of course, my son was still in a fit about it. And it's like, look, you got two choices. You can either do it or take your phone away. All right, do it. And guess what? He was able to start getting better sleep. Everything worked back out. Texting wasn't really big then. It was, but it was just starting out. I mean, you had to push the button three times to get one letter, you know, <laughs> right. you did it and not the way it is today. So then when my youngest came up, same thing, they're going to always see how much they can get away with, what they can do. And then same thing with social media. My, my wife was, you know, I'm going to check your phones. I'm going to know your password. Dad don't need to know your password. I'll take your password. Yeah, right. You know, we won't let dad go through your phone, but I'm, I am going to go through your phone. If I don't have your password, I'm going to shut your phone down. And I'm going to be able to look at all your social media accounts and you're going to tag us on your social media accounts. And we're going to be friends on social media because we're going to either see what you're doing or you're not going to be able to do it. And again, same thing. Oh, my, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so's mom, who cares? We care less. So, and there's times, you know, it kind of hurt my wife's heart where it's like, Oh, are we being mean parents? No, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, we are parents. We're not their buddies. We're not their besties. We're parents in high school when they're going to parties and I grew up one of those kids where my dad was just, you know, in the 80s was like, hey, just don't drink and drive. And he knew what was going on. And the older I got, the more I look back, thought, man, I wish my dad would have probably put more of a clamp on me. Actually being more of the you're not doing it instead of I know you're going to do it. So I'll let you get away with it, even though you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> just be careful. Right. Right. It did help me in street smart ways. But school and everything else, I was more interested in partying, chasing girls and playing sports than I was in, in hitting the books. And as a dad, having been there and knowing what's going on. So when my sons are like, oh, this sucks, you know, why, why can't we go this party or this and that? And there's been a few times in our high school career, they woke up the next morning and found out it got busted or a police raided it and a bunch of kids got in trouble or kids got not punted off the football team, but maybe missed a couple games because of stuff. And, you know, they're like, whew, glad I didn't go to that. Man, look, I'm, I'm all for having fun. I'm all for you doing what you want to do. But there are certain limitations. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. And parents just need to, I think, be more upfront with their kids and talk to them in a more direct manner, not baby and not being best buddies, not all the above. You can do all the above and still make sure you have your kids protected and safe. So, you know, and then my wife, I mean, she's big into sex trafficking. She does a lot of stuff with our, our church here in Fort Worth, Christ Chapel, and going out and making their rounds and trying to help girls off the street. You know, people don't realize that in the United States alone, sex trafficking actually makes more money than all of our professional sports leagues put together. It's the number one threat. Yeah. You think about the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, professional soccer, hockey, all the above, any professional sports in the United States, in the billions that they make, sex trafficking actually makes more. That is absolutely horrendous, disgusting, and unacceptable in my book. So I'm not against females or adult males that decide they want want to go into that business. You know, it's the oldest profession on the planet. If you make that choice and that's what you want to do, God bless you. I'm not going to be a judgment of you. But when young men and young girls are kidnapped and forced into it, 
we got a major problem. I appreciate individuals like Craig Solman Sawyer and Yako Buins and a lot of other amazing men and women that do what they do behind the scenes. And even President Trump, there's been more, he's raised more awareness, there's been more sex trafficking stings and busts in his four years than any other time in history. I mean, he has been all about clamping down him and the First Lady. It's a big project of hers. And they've done amazing things, too, in uh, bringing awareness and shutting it down. So, you know, I'm glad it's kind of like it's finally coming to the forefront. But again, it's pretty sad that big tech shuts us all down and being able to spread the word on how to help. It's a key part of what the Paradis Group talks about as well, because it's one of the major threats that are out there. And education is the key, because most parents we talk to don't even know that human trafficking is a problem. To your point, more people are talking about it, but so many parents still don't know about it. And then they also has a, have misperceptions about how it's done because it's not just kidnapping off the streets anymore. It's it's luring in on social media and taking advantage of depression and anxiety and a whole host of other things. Tall Man did a movie. It's free to the public. ContralandMovie.com. Ask everybody to go watch it. Again, free movie. ContralandMovie.com. But one part of the movie, and not to spoil it, but he goes to some small town, I don't even know, Ohio somewhere. No issues, no problems. Goes to the law enforcement there and says, hey, I guarantee you this is if we post this, this is what's going to happen. No, no, we don't have any of those issues. They put a post up about having sex with a 12 year old girl in the first 24 hours. They had like 500 hits on that post Yep, of people reaching out. And then within one month, they had over 5000 hits on that post. And you'll see in the movie that the individuals that show up to have sex with this girl, some are driving Mercedes wearing three piece suits. Other ones are coming in a car that you pretty much have to push out. I mean, it's all the above. It's everybody, it's everybody, anybody. It's not just what people consider low lives in our society. It's everybody. It's, there is a lot of very prevalent, look like very successful individuals showing up to have sex with this 12-year-old girl, not knowing that it was a sting. And it just really wakes you up that you just don't know who's around you. You have to protect your children at all costs. And it's a big business. I mean, Saltman educated me that I believe a person that can take a child off the street and sell them into sex trafficking is about $37,000 per child. But you have to be the most soulless person on this planet to take a child and sell a child for that money, knowing what's going to happen to that child. And most children in sex trafficking only last about a span of seven years before they're discarded like trash, killed and disappeared. Nobody ever hears from them again. It's, it's the absolute worst evil, I think, on this planet that there's a lot of evil. But I don't know how much more evil you could have on somebody that would hurt a child or somebody who would actually pay to have sex with a child, right. knowing that this child could be is probably being sex trafficked. And you sick individuals that are actually paying cash to have sex with children. I hope one day I get to see you personally. It'll be a wrap. <laughs> I won't be as nice as what Sawman does and just lock you in jail. I can promise you. Well, TK, this has been a fantastic conversation. I had a couple of questions, but you nailed them, didn't even have to bring them up. So that's awesome. Please tell everybody listening how they can get in touch with Verve and the stuff that you've got going on. We're at so all of our links at Verve United USA, at Verve Forever USA. You can go to buyverve.com for our CBD or verveforever.com for the CBD or verveunited.com for our apparel. You can find me at clun09, K-L-U-N-D-09. Almost on everything. Facebook is Tim Clun, K-O-U-N-D. So I greatly appreciate you, brother. Thank you for everything you and Paradis Group are doing. I'm looking forward to you to actually work with my son's school as well. I know they're looking at it right now. They're very interested because, like I said, we just sent that email what, a few days ago. 
But my wife and the upper school heads have been looking at it 100% understand and agree that this is probably some of the most important education these kids could get before while they're in high school and before they go off to college. So they're really, you'll be getting a phone call. So I appreciate everything you guys are doing. Awesome, TK. Well, brother, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Our, our prayers will be with you. You too, brother. We will catch you after the holidays. You sure will. See you, buddy. God bless. You too. Thanks, TK. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.